Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 41 of Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy and ignorance. I am Gregoire. And I am Dan Beeston. <laughs> and we are here in to the... To solve th- crimes, apparently. And to fly around in the Smart Enough to Know Better comedy blimp. There's no reason for that reference. I just we hadn't talked about it for a while. I just felt that it still exists. We shouldn't. We should, it's we up on blocks. We don't want to lose. We don't lose the copyright on it. So we it, 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 it's a it's a lighter than air vehicle, and it's up on blocks. Because I just know that that Carrington Banston will just start a comedy blimp podcast if we're not too careful. No, oh, yeah, he's he's pretty eager. <laughs> hey, I've got a new Mac. Oh, well, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, one, with the, one of them retina displays. Ooh, so super high count. I'm really happy about that. Yeah, and you know what? Makes the internet look like shit. <laughs> All that porn. All the low-res images on the internet that you don't sort of see because your, your monitor has a, a very sort of... It's a blur that's basically a pixel wide. Yes. That sort of hides all the edges of the, the low-res graphics. And then when you get a really high-res display, it ends up looking like there are little mosaics all over the screen. So you're waiting for the internet to catch up to your screen. So all the text looks fantastic, mm. and all, of the, yeah, all the icons look great, but all the images are these grainy turds of, all over the screen. <laughs> Awful-looking things. Oh, so everyone, don't buy Macs. That's what Dan's trying to say. It, ruins your, it ruins your internet experience. No. Oh. Yeah, I guess that is what I'm saying. Here's what he's oh, saying. Oh, no. Number 41. I went looking for something for about number 41. Yeah. And, of course, I ran, ran, screaming to Wikipedia, just upset the listeners. And I laughed. I laughed a lot because, obviously, someone's had a lot of fun with uh, the number 41. I couldn't find anything really that interesting, to be honest. But this, this makes up for it. The comedy. So this is just Wikipedia's entry on the number 41. I'm just going to read it because it's great. 41 is the natural number following 40 and preceding 42. As well as two numbers preceding 43. Oh, my. That, you don't get that in Encyclopedia Britannica, do you? That, <laughs> that attention to detail. <laughs> and I went back and checked. I went, huh? and, and, and they always say, like, 39 is the natural number following 38 and preceding 40. Yep. Someone's put the comma and added in the as well as two numbers preceding 40. They, they've just put that in. They've edited it in and quietly slipped that Imagine in. Imagine if you had to learn how to count using Wikipedia entries going, okay, so... <laughs> So thirty nine. So there's thirty eight and thirty nine. So that makes sense because twenty eight came after twenty nine. But but then it turns into forty. Oh, hang Proceeding. On. By... Hang on. Let me get. I I need to graph this out or something. <laughs> so thank you, Wikipedia, for making a number. Obviously, no one ever goes to that web page and checks it, and no one cares. So they managed to sneak in a tiny little joke there. Oh, maybe well, it was only um, there when you checked. Well, maybe it's already gone. It could be. Now, Dan, you hate the idea that dinosaurs. Uh, fabulous. Oh, no, not this again. No, no, no. I, I, look, I found many articles. Another article that came out showing even more fabulous dinosaurs and, and using a lot of molecular microscopy. Uh, they, they work out this. Basically, I'm sorry, they can work out the colours of feathers now. They can say, yeah. this was a big purple dinosaur uh, <laughs> and it was feathered. Yeah. And then, okay, but the, I, I like to, I just send... We were able to, we found buried in stone a group of dinosaurs that were caught watching musical theatre. <laughs> and... Uh, and... You amuse me too much there. And I just send these to... Dear listener, I just send these to Dan now. I don't really... just I don't bring about the podcast. Every, every time I find one of the things, I just shuttle it off to Dan so that he can find it. And I just know that somewhere he just goes off in a little ball of rage. It just it makes my nights warm and exciting. That's, mm. that's, I'm a very sad human being. Remember, remember when Jurassic Park came out and all the uh, scientists came out and went, well, these are not the dinosaurs you learned about when you were young. <laughs> those those dinosaur scientists didn't have a, the foggiest. And you, you look back and uh, they, they had T-Rex standing up straight mm. and... They and and Diplodocus would always be in the water, and Brontosaurus existed. <laughs> and then suddenly it's like, no, these dinosaurs are fast and powerful and amazing, and blah, blah, blah. and also, the, the, and now, but they all the scientists the are rap- laughing yeah. at Jurassic Park, but. <laughs> That was the perfect time to love dinosaurs. But they made fun of even they went, but there was no such thing as a velociraptor two metres tall. That was stupid. 
stupid. And then, of course, they found a velociraptor. I think it was a Utah raptor. The Utah raptor. That was two meters tall. And everyone went, whoa, Jurassic Park's ahead of its time. And then now, what, 10 years on or 15 years on, whatever it is, we're like, Jurassic Park didn't know what the hell it was talking about. And a blue fit. What makes me even laugh harder is the 3D version of Jurassic Park's coming out. They made, they put it to 3D. Uh, uh, Do you want to? I get it. I get it. I'm going to sneeze. Fuck. <laughs> it's all the feathers from the dinosaurs. <laughs> but no, it gets worse, Dan. It gets worse. Well, there's a theory now that not only were dinosaurs feathered, they also lactated. <laughs> Lactating dinosaurs. Oh, oh, listeners. I wish you could see Dan's face right now. It's just total disbelief. And now he's... Uh, he doesn't look uh, well. Uh, Professor Else has published in the latest issue of Experimental Biology the where did idea. He learn? Where, where did he go to university? Oh, look it up. I don't know. Where do his kids go to school? <laughs> I want to talk to this Professor Else. Uh-huh, right. Well, what he's worked out is some birds. So, just so for listeners, they must realize this, but mostly mammals lactate. You've got to have boobies to, to lactate. Yeah. It's, it's all some part. insects create milk. Yeah, or so, a milk-like substance. And so yeah, do, it's, all, it's fluid filled with fats. Yeah, and so do penguins. Supposedly penguins do as well, and oh, then well. birds. Uh, some people thought, I had a conversation recently saying that they th- really thought birds were mammals. And I was like, no, birds are birds. It's, one of, it's funny how people, you don't know things. It's, it's really weird. Mm. We all learn things. But I, it was such a shock for me to hear that from another adult. Birds are mammals. And you're like, what? No, they're not. But then I thought a fish existed. So there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. so we, things you learn every day. Fair enough. But uh, you suppose pigeons produce a milk and so do penguins and other birds, some other birds as well. So this Professor Else is, is arguing that dinosaurs being from birds or, or coming from a common ancestor of birds, I should say, then they should actually – well, some of them would have produced milk. So like the hadrosaurs, they, they made nests, they made bread in sites, and the, the child or the baby was fed by the parents, and maybe they licked the top of the parents' So head. maybe. Well, yeah, but it's enough. It's, That's it, a big maybe. It's a theory, but it, it, it's talking about the evolution of animals – to other animals that they have very very similar the hadrosaur has very similar nesting processes to birds so he feels that they probably would have produced a milk-like substance there you go you, yeah. can, just, you can just believe that if you like that yeah, i think i will <laughs> i wonder if the people who were like oh no they were definitely uh definitely warm-blooded and the, dino- the, the, the the other scientists just felt like me going oh then just keep them cold-blooded that's more awesome I don't. I think. I think pretty much now they they're warm blooded. Like there's, there's yeah. Still, there's still thoughts back. Yeah, and everyone forth. finally had yeah, to go yeah, on. Yeah, but yeah. but the holdouts. You wonder whether they were like no no. All the, all the evidence points to cold blooded, or whether they were just like me going oh come on. This is birds. No, that's lame. Next thing you're gonna tell me they were covered in feathers. Okay. <sighs> and now it's time for. Riddle me this. Oh, uh, goody. We haven't done one of these in ages. That's right. I've got an interesting one, a mathematically based one. All right. It'll be very exciting for you. Okay. So it's got to do... I had a good night's sleep. I'm ready to work this one out. Brilliant. And you also, listeners, I'd like you to try and work this out as well. We're going to put the answer near the end of the podcast. Yeah. So you'll have the whole podcast to think about. And if you're really clever, you can just switch off the podcast and spend Don't four tell weeks that. working cheating. it out. And then they can come back and we would never know except you. Yeah, you. I know you're cheating. Yeah, you. No, 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 no. You're acting a little innocent. No, 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 no. You. You're a cheater. And, and we know. Mm. And you're a bad person. Put some pants on. <laughs> or, or at least dance a little. Yeah, yeah, dance. That's it. Nice. That's creepy. Okay, so there's a bar, and a bar... I'm glad at least you're still at the point you can recognise that that was creepy. <laughs> that was creepy. There's a bar, and a bartender's trying to work out how much money he's going to make that night. Okay. So an infinite number of mathematicians walk into that bar. Okay. An infinite number, right? And the first one... This doesn't sound like a riddle. It is, it this is. This sounds like a joke. No, no. <laughs> an infinite number of mathematicians walk into a bar. Uh, yes, no. The first one buys a beer... And it costs $6 for that beer. The second mathematician buys half a beer. A pot. <laughs> Thank you. The third mathematician buys a quarter of a beer. A shandy. The fourth mathematician buys an eighth of a beer. The fifth mathematician buys a sixteenth of a beer. The seventh mathematician buys a thirty-second of a beer. Yeah. And so on and forever. And every an infinite number of mathematicians buy... That much of a beer. If a beer, one beer costs $6, what's the maximum amount of money the bartender can make that night? 
Well, if you've ever gone to a bar, a pint doesn't cost double a pot. Well, that's what this bartender, this, this bartender he's gone to it at a math bar. That's what he does. Yeah. So he, you only pay for what you buy. One beer costs $6. Yeah. And a, a fraction of it costs the fraction. Half a beer costs $3. Quarter of a beer costs $1.50. An infinite number of mathematicians. Yeah. Are buying beer. He thinks, what a great night. How much money? What's the maximum amount of money? No, wait. I've, we're supposed to let them have time, aren't we? Yes. Okay, hang on. I don't... Let me <laughs> let me work this out for a... To, oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about this for the rest of the podcast. And, uh, and then... We're so superior. You guys are going to... Okay, well, I hope you guys have got your thinking hats on. morning. We're from the church of everybody. You're not interested in how your religion is totally wrong. Excuse me, how dare you? I'll have you know my religion is the oldest running and... Totally wrong. We're from the church of everybody's wrong and our great leader has asked us to spread the word that all religions are totally and utterly wrong when it comes to ideas about a supreme being, the soul, the afterlife, and everything not directly measurable by science. Except yours, I bet. Oh no, we're wrong too. Totally, totally wrong. So you're you're wrong about being wrong? Yes. Wouldn't that make you right? Ha! No. That's not how logic works. We're just wrong, like everybody else. Religion is the tool humans have used to explain the inexplicable. And as science progresses, we know that less and less is inexplicable. But the stuff that is inexplicable, we try and splick. And how can you explain the unexplainable? Ergo, every religion is wrong. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Are you guys atheists? Like, atheists trying to trick people? Oh no, those guys are wrong too. So, everybody's wrong? Yep. Everybody? Yep. And there is no way to ever be sure of the truth? Yep. Uh, I, I'm, I'm finding all this rather deeply upsetting and unsettling. My whole belief system wrong. Can you, can you help me work out the truth? Nope. Do, do, do you want money or something? Nope. Thanks for your time. I would have preferred the atheists. So from the very, very old to the very, very new, the Higgs boson. And we got really excited by that. We've had people talk about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, and David Harris came and explained it to us because the LHC discovered something that pretty much looks like the Higgs. Yeah. They're pretty certain to signify that it's the Higgs. 99.99999999%. And we think it's the Higgs, what we think is the Higgs. But it's, it's showing a few weird properties, actually. It produces, when it decays, too many photons. It produces milk. <laughs> and lovely feathers. It's got different properties. And that's a good thing. If we knew exactly what it looked like, it would stuff up. I mean, we wouldn't know where to take it. We wouldn't know how to investigate more. So this is an interesting thing. But we've discovered something really, really weird. So the Higgs boson has a certain energy, a certain weight, and they yeah. want it to be about, for the universe to be stable, for this field to keep the universe stable, mm-hmm. it has to be about, about six stone. It has to be at 129 giga electron volts, close to six stone. Okay. 129 <laughs> giga electron volts. It seems to be 126 giga electron volts. What that means is the universe is totally unstable. And that means that in the far future, the universe will probably tear itself apart. Wow. So and the vacuum of space will actually blow itself apart. And what they're thinking is, because uh, you remember, particles always want to have the lowest energy state. Particles always want to go down yeah. to the lowest energy. That's, so if you excite a hydrogen atom, the electron jumps up to higher energy levels, and then it produces a photon, and like a beam of light, yep. and the electron drops back down to a lower energy state. That's, that's how this works. Yep. Now, the universe wants to do the same thing. So what this theory states, that if they... If the Higgs boson is lighter than it should be, 126 giga electron volts, not to 129, the universe will actually try and revert to a, another uh, state that's lower energy. And what that will be is another universe will appear in our universe almost. A ballooning universe will appear at the speed of light and envelop the rest of the universe. We won't even know it's coming because it's far. It's be at the speed of light. It can't. We won't even see it. Suddenly, it'll just be boop. We'll just be gone, and it'll be all oh. flung away from us. We won't even know. Maybe it's coming right now. Maybe it's eight minutes away, and it's already destroyed the sun, and we don't even know yet. 
So Fear, run, audience, run! There's no way you can run! Oh, 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 okay. So, I, I, I'm sure we've discussed this before, but if we take away the sun... Yes. ...then it takes eight minutes before we know because the, the light has to get to us. Yes. But if we... what? But, if we take away the sun, yes. Yeah, like it was, if the sun yeah. was just like... Yes. And then the gravity of the sun would also go, but it would take eight, eight minutes, minutes before right. it yes. affected us. Exactly right. So if instead the sun started to move away from us mm-hmm. at the speed of light, <sighs> then for eight minutes we'd get eight minutes of sunlight and then we'd... Uh, would be a, a weird relativistic effect. I yeah, don't know. Let's stay, on, let's stay on target here with the Higgs boson. I think this but, is, a, but, this but, is but, mind-blowing in itself. No, but, but if, if something that creates gravity moves away at the speed of light, then its gravity would be then then you'd take away the gravity but everything has gravity gravitational effect on everything else yes I, it's blowing my mind well things it couldn't accelerate to the speed of light that's no that's the true the universe states this crap won't happen but it's still if it was going at 99.99% the speed of light suddenly took off like a bat out of hell then yes it would have weird gravitational effects and it'd be weird relativistic effects the sun wouldn't look like it was racing off we'd have, but the light would be weird it would be blue shifted to hell so the light the light from the sun would suddenly just bright blue but well actually wouldn't not in bright blue we'd go so far into the into the uh, spectrum beyond blue that we wouldn't ah. see it as it raced off uh yeah no it's it's oh hey red shifted no red shifted sorry red shifted oh i made a new mistake steve nerlich just got very excited uh <laughs> <laughs> he's halfway through typing yeah, the email yeah, that's a red shifted it flies away from us i'm sorry uh yes so but look please get back there that's interesting but this is real this is not sorry this is sorry theory. it's higgs boson it could actually end up not not it destroy the universe, but this could be a sign that the universe will be destroyed. But I really like this theory. What what I love about it is because you hate everyone. No, no, no. It's not about destroying the universe. Any it's, moment, all wonder... these problems could be gone. <laughs> I can just, whatever I like. No, I really like it because we always kind of go, oh, the universe seems to always have these really depressing ends. It always, it's sort of like it either comes back and crunches, but it looks like that's not right. It looks like dark energy will expand the universe forever. And in the end, you have like one hydrogen atom alone in the observable universe because everything's so stretched apart from each other. Mm-hmm. That's all there is. So we totally zero, like almost a zero energy state universe. And that really depressed me that for the end of time, you have nothing. And I love the idea that maybe it's not designed that way. Not designed. Keep saying the word design. It's maybe not- God didn't set it up like that <laughs> the, the, the laws of physics maybe state that well when the universe gets a bit too long in the tooth and starts getting really really flat and boring on, on an energy scale thermodynamically don't worry at any moment the Higgs boson will cra- the field will crap itself and the whole new universe will arise it's like father time it being is. replaced by baby time that's right it just happens again and the old universe now what I'm interested in I haven't said this in any of the books in any of the articles I've read so far I wonder if the, if the, the new universe which expands into the old universe would it have an imprint from the old universe somewhere could we find in our universe if this has happened before which probably has we're probably not the first universe yeah could we find evidence of the original universe we were inside embedded into our physics somewhere or some sort of maybe in the cosmic microwave background something like that is there a way of finding like electromagnetic fossils yes yeah exactly right and that's what excites me so anyway so don't worry about the universe lingering on forever even if you are totally immortal in the end another universe will nip out and kill you isn't that good? <laughs> and don't worry also, uh, the uh, Large Hadron Collider has been closed down for two years. It's actually very sad for maintenance work. Uh, they're just racing their bicycles around it. <laughs> Death Star IT, this is Roy. Please state your name and user code. I can't address your concern until I get confirmation that you are who you say you are. There are rebels about. There, that wasn't so hard, was it? Now, have you tried turning it off and then turning... I have to ask, sir. It's a very common solution. What department did you say you were from? Tractor beams. Okay. Just getting up on screen. Look, sir, I appreciate that you've got a job to do, but yelling about it is not going to do anyone any good. Hmm, that's weird. There doesn't appear to be any power going to the tractor beam. Well, the coupling is fine. I can ping the system. It almost looks like someone has snuck down to the maintenance bay and turned the giant handles all the way down. 
But that wouldn't happen. The whole place is guarded by troopers. Weak-minded fools, a lot of them, but they get the job done. Who escaped? Millennium what? <laughs> yeah, sure. Lord Vader has to talk to you. Sure. Look, I'll send someone down to have a look at this power issue and... and... Hello? Hello? I'm just going to take a moment here to thank our sponsor, our new sponsor for Smart Enough Know Better. A thank you to the Garcinia Cambogia Diet Plan. What? Yeah. We, we, we have a sponsor? Yeah. Where do we get a sponsor? Yeah. Tired of dealing with those love handles? Worried about knocking trinkets off your shelves with your tuck shop lady arms? I am. Welcome to the Garcinia Cambogia Diet Plan. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I am, I'm rather porky. It's a, tell me more. Yeah, well, I I will. Um, the the Garcinia Cambogia diet plant's active ingredient is hyd- hydroxy citric acid. Oh, there yeah. you go. It sounds frightening. It does. Yeah, it does sound frightening. But don't be silly. It's a naturally occurring substance from the Garcinia Cambogia fruit. Cambogia all, fruit. All, all, all substances are natural. It's a naturally occurring substance from the Garcinia Cambogia fruit and is only as dangerous as other naturally occurring compounds like oh. venom, arsenic, or magma. <laughs> But, but what? It's been scientifically proven, asterisk, to work. Asterisk again? What? Scientifically proven what? asterisk to work, asterisk. I didn't say that. What, 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 don't harp on the asterisk. Oh, okay. Don't, don't harp on I like asterisks. Come on. We, we, okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. Because mm. when people start clicking yeah, yeah, and yeah, filling yeah. out the yeah. details, yeah. then all the <laughs> sweet Garcinia <laughs> Cambogia <laughs> cash starts flowing in. Right, good. Um, two separate studies. Mm, two? Yeah. Wow. Uh, one by the uh, Love8 Health Studies, mm. yeah, uh, which is a subsidiary of the maker of hydroxy-cut diet <laughs> pills, um, and an unnamed third party. Insist that this diet really works. Oh, that's right. An unknown, uh, that is very famously scientific unknown third party. Duh. That's awesome. Uh, it's 100% natural. <gasps> it helps so, you fight. None of, it, none of it is supernatural. It no hel- ectoplasm at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it helps fight sugar cravings. Oh, Boosts metabolism. Mm-hmm. No side effects. Oh my goodness! This is a miracle drug. Asterisk. Because uh. uh, why do you keep calling me asterisk? It, it, it's been off. It, it limits. I am, I am a small star. I must admit. It, <laughs> a very small star. <laughs> a dwarf. Oh. What it does? It inhibits lipid uptake. Right. Which sounds great because yeah. it stops you from taking on fats. Right. Oh, there you go. So, so you just you just crap them out or something. Yeah. Right. Nice. Yeah, so that'd be good. Um, little bit of liver failure. Oh, you know, I, I'm just fine. I got a big liver. Uh, I got enough liver for everyone. Seizures? Seizures. I don't like standing up. Standing up is annoying. There's no side effects. You said no side effects. Now you're saying liver failure and seizures. These are the, uh, this, is, this is just oh, okay. asterisk stuff. This is just uh, legal stuff. Oh, okay, right. Uh, kidney failure. Uh, I got two of those. Yep. And heart attacks. Uh, I can get, I can get, I have four, four ventricles. I'm, <laughs> I could lose some of them, yeah. surely. That's how the heart works. Don't know whether that's how the heart works. Like, isn't it like a cow stomach? I got like multiple heart bits all moving together. Yeah, I've got, I've got a whole badum in there. I that's just, it. just, just, get, I can get by with okay. a dum or a ba. Yeah, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, yeah, so thank you to our sponsors. Uh, just go to dangerousfaddiet.com and put in the code SE2KB uh, or alternately just email me your credit card details and I'll take care of it for you. Where did you find that? I got sucked into a spam mail. Woo-hoo! I got an email from my mother and she sends a lot of nonsense to me. And I went, oh, I could click. And then suddenly I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? Because it's one of those things where you click and then you come back to your browser later and you're like, why have I gone to this site? Oh, I've been... Oh, okay. So I got sucked into a spam thing. Yeah. And, I, and, and so I immediately hit close. And I went, are you sure you want to close this? <laughs> and I went, actually, I might have a bit of a read about this for the podcast. And for the first time ever, someone hit, no, I'm not sure I want to close this. Oh, goodness me. And so I had a look at the little video. Gosh, the production values are really nice in these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these these pills have been out in the US. Yeah, oh, okay. So we're not actually supporting them, are we? I and should probably register dangerousfaddiet.com, shouldn't I? You probably could. And just point it directly at them. Yeah, uh, get the residuals or whatever. <laughs>
get some of that sweet, sweet Asian grapefruit money. That sounds like the worst stripper name ever. And welcome to the stage, the Asian grapefruit. (laughs) She's fresh. (laughs) And she's kind of round. (laughs) And covered in honeydew. Oh, Oh, stop, stop. Japanese scientists have been researching whale populations, and most importantly their ear bones, for 17 years. Their controversial whale harvesting methods have resulted in over 4,500 whale deaths, but now their findings are finally available, and we've got Dr. Miko Orokano from the University of Osaka to discuss them. Dr. Orokano, what can you tell us about whale ears? They don't have any. Thanks for your time. And sometimes, gentle listener... Facts themselves become confused. Well, at least the presenters do. No, no, I, I think, I think, I think the nature of truth is fluid. <laughs> I think we were right when we said it, and no. now we just have to update. No, updates on the universe. No, I think no. will change the segment no, too. No, no, I don't think so. And these uh, errors have to be placed somewhere, and we place them in. Walk, 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 walk. Oh, 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 oh. Shame. shame, 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 shame. Dan has no magic in his soul at all. Okay, walk of shame. We've got, we've got some exciting ones. Yeah. Uh, one of them was sent in to my listener who obviously listens to the podcast. Thank you very much. And That's lis- all the good listeners listen to the podcast. <laughs> and listens They to- don't just listen to their computers making a tone. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. Uh, and they also seem to listen to the sketches, which is very nice of them. Are but, you serious? And the only thing I just they, skip ahead. The only, thing, the only thing they've mentioned, though, is a mistake from the state. It wasn't even, hi, dear Greg, really love the show, uh, like the, and really find the sketches funny. Yeah. No, no, it was like, dear Greg, uh, thank you. I'm a listener of the podcast, and you made a mistake in your, in your sketch. Aww. And the point was, Stonehenge, yep. from a Stonehenge sketch in, in two episodes ago, yep. it was not made of limestone. Stonehenge I, is not made of limestone. I specially looked up Stonehenge not, and it said of, limestone. Oh, so it's, it's different. I did the research and everything. Oh, I'm very sorry. I went to Wikipedia. I changed what it said to limestone. <laughs> you, the fluid nature of reality. Ah. That's the first one. And the other one. What's it made of? Some, oh, sorry, tungsten. Tungsten. Let me look it up. Uh, I bet it says limestone. Like you can't just say it's not made of limestone and then just move on. Oh, fair enough, this fair is enough. about correcting people, not just pointing out my ignorance. <laughs> oh, I'm so grumpy about that because I looked that up. <laughs> the uh, just so we know, the what it was actually made out of it was actually made of sarsen stone or sarsen and bluestone as well. Both so types of limestone. Uh, basalt, actually. Damn it! <laughs> I was really hoping to get <laughs> fly that one under no, the no, radar. No, no, basalt. Some basalt. Oh, basalt. Yes. Man. There we go. So limestone. Uh, limestone is. I'm a, gonna have to re-record. Is a, is, <laughs> that's unfortunately got that wrong. Yay! That's okay. Oh. Good to know. Great. Now we now we got more more knowledge. I got more confused. Next though. time I do a, a sketch about Stonehenge. Basalt all the way, baby. Sarsen stone and, uh, and bluestone. Can I just say basalt, though? You could, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do in the future, just to avoid this sort of stuff. And another one pointed out by another listener, we babbled a lot about cells last time, and we just... How did, dare and you we didn't know babbled. what the heck we were talking about. Okay, when it comes down to it, are you, we, we were trying to explain what a eukaryote and a prokaryote was. Oh, yeah. We got it totally wrong. Oh. Uh, a eukaryote is a cell with a nucleus. So we, okay. and a cell with a nucleus. And a prokaryote has no nucleus. So it's a cell with no nucleus. Oh. It's not normally multicelled. So most of the time, single cell animals are prokaryotes, but you can have single cell animals that are eukaryotes, the ones with a, with, with a nucleus. Oh, wow. Now, we are, of course, eukaryotes. We have cells. You with mean prokaryotes? No, we are eukaryotes, cell with a nucleus. Eukaryotes is a cell with a nucleus. Oh, okay. Prokaryote is a cell with no nucleus. So we, we we got very very confused. Yeah, and that was yeah, got very people. When like, does that stop? And when, it's very, very, <laughs> yes, very very babbly. So, middle biology is not my strength at all. That's why I went horribly wrong. So, eukaryotes are cells with nucleus, and uh, prokaryotes have no nucleus and not normally multicelled. So, most single cell organisms are going to be prokaryotes, but not all. That's this is the interesting point. Okay, you can it can happen that way. Wow, it's all very confusing. All right. And the last one... Oh, thank God. The last one. This is a big one, though. And oh, I, no. I want to talk about this one. This is a really interesting one. Okay, yeah. 
uh, I, we did a story that I brought up about scientists talking about cloning a Neanderthal. Ah, inside yes. Inside a human woman. They were looking for an adventurous human woman yeah. to, to breed this Neanderthal. And it started a really interesting conversation in the forums. People talking about the ethics of it back and forth. And it was actually one of the interesting, most interesting conversations on the forum so far. Yeah. About whether or not it was a good idea and a bad idea. And would that child be deficient or intellectually or culturally? It was, it was a really interesting conversation. I would advise people to go and have a look on the website. Unfortunately, it's all wrong. Oh. It's totally wrong. Uh, and... We're not the only ones to make this mistake. Yeah. This was something, This it's, it's not true. The scientists never said that. What the scientists said... But I the, the read knowledge... about it on a popular culture website. And that's the problem. And there we go. And, and I want, I'll get into that very soon. So I want to just correct the information first. The scientists said that with their knowledge, with their knowledge of Neanderthal DNA, the scientists said he could, it'd be possible, or they're very close to the, the ability to clone a Neanderthal. He never said he was going to clone a Neanderthal. Uh, Total mistranslation. So he was taken out of context yes. when, when later he said... I really want to meet an exciting and adventurous woman. <laughs> I don't know how that got into it, but it basically it's no. He wasn't talking about. Actually they found doing, it on his OK came, Cupid profile. He came out and actually said, "I don't know why everyone said all this stuff." And it started a really interesting conversation. And why I'm bringing it up is so a listener got in contact with us and was how this wasn't a, even walk of shameable that we did such bad research that the whole story was fictional. And Mia Culpa, you're absolutely right. And I, I, I stuffed up. I admit, I went and looked. I didn't look very deeply into it. I didn't have time. I was doing something else. Whatever my excuse is. We got it, we got it from a couple of uh, yeah, points. It, like, it, I'd heard about it this, too. It was across, but not, as this listener points out, not reputable sites. Only from uh, newspapers. See, that, you, taught, and, you taught me... Google Scholar. Google Scholar is very what? good. I did not Google Scholar it. I didn't even look at my, my references. I just checked a few places, found it in the pain three places, and went, okay, it's fine. It was totally wrong. Now, <laughs> we weren't the only ones taken in by it. Lots of people said it. But really, that's a t a scientific literacy is check your sources. But now to answer the other point, you can't walk, your sh walk of shame out of this. Yeah, we can. And, yeah, we're um, doing it right now, and we, we're doing a gangbuster and, job. And hey, and Greg, Greg. Yes. You're doing a really good job. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. Why it's important... We can be fucking humble. <laughs> Why it's important to walk a shameless sort of stuff is we need to walk the walk and talk the talk. Delicious crow. We, that's right. We, we made a mistake. And I think this is what... You, I want the listeners to be able to hear what we say and then... Does that sound right? And then say, well, they said it. It's probably right. Because they, we know... Well, no. No, no, no. They know... They said it. It's probably wrong. But next time when they correct them, <laughs> someone corrects them... We, there's I, a better chance. We are not. We are not scientific journalists, and we don't. We are not geniuses, polymaths across major science areas. We can only do what we research, and so we will definitely try and do our best to correct our errors. And now, something else. Another listener said they don't feel that we correct them enough, as in the fact that we don't put the links to the new evidence. We only we only say how we were wrong, and we move on. And I agree with that. So from here on in, I'm going to try and put links into the walk of shame. Into so we'll have a little walk of shame thing with links, so you'll be able to find the walk of shame. Links. Why do they make us do all this extra work? Because isn't, we... it, isn't it good enough that we just entertain them <laughs> no, and make no, up science? No, we do that pretty badly as well. Uh, so we need to have some actual science right, in there. Fair enough. So thank you very much to our listeners for writing in about, about, about that one, especially. Uh, and thank you, but I definitely believe the walk of shame is something uh, that we need to do, and we will never step away from it. And we will always laugh and say, well, we were wrong. And we'll try our best to get the right information out there because if not, we're just spreading rubbish. Yep. And if you hear something in the podcast that you think is wrong, look it up and send us, a, send us, prove us wrong. Mm. You go, oh, wait, the, the male bees don't have stingers or <laughs> Stonehenge is made out of a slightly different boring material. This is important stuff that we need to know about. So bitter. I am a bit. <laughs> Always making excuses. Sometimes I, I need to get oh, out. No. Sometimes I don't I'm... know the difference between red and green. Oh, this this made up nonsense about colour blindness. <laughs> I see. Yes, you're right. You've seen through my yeah. uh, my my self employed. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna run a couple of tests on you just to find in out a, just how colour blind you are. In an auditory are. medium, you're gonna test my yeah. colour blindness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh, okay. Right. Can you tell me what what that colour is there? Uh, like a like a aqua. Aqua. Come on. It's not no no. Is it is it is it teal or is it cyan? I don't know what those words mean. Oh god. <laughs> which one's okay. which one's brown and which one's green? Hang I, on. Teal. Which is teal? Sorry, I don't. I honestly don't know what the. Okay, okay. That 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 one there, that colour there, that's teal. Okay, it's teal. okay, okay. Oh, aqua teal. Come on, that's the close, isn't it? 
No, they're different colours. They might be close colours. Yeah, well, but they're di- okay. I'm okay, colour blind. Okay, okay, okay. Well, what about the next one there? That uh, one there. A uh, dark green. Oh, f- take this seriously, please. <laughs> is it olive or is it mustard? <laughs> oh, olive. Mustard. Come on, <laughs> try harder. What are you doing? Okay. He's just showing me colours and yelling at me when I don't know what they're called. Okay, this you've got abuse. You've got one more chance. Okay, right. Okay, this one on the end. Is it? See that one? Yep. Okay. Is it olive no. or mustard? No, no, no. That, oh, that, oh, right, that okay. one on the that one beige. on the end. Beige. Come on. Is it rich praline or is it rum caramel? <laughs> rich praline. It's rum caramel. Come on. <laughs> Messing me you, around what here. What are you doing to me? These are very close colours, obviously. That's true. I yeah. mean, to you, they look like rich praline and rum caramel would be identical. I assume so. And same to me. Okay. And same to any man <laughs> and most women. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Mustard and olive, really, really close. <laughs> really close. Impossible to. And I. I Maybe pick... all jangly now. I don't know. I don't, I, did I do good? Did I do bad? What have I done? I picked these colours because they were right on the border between them. <laughs> Because it's important because most of us know what blue is. Hmm. And most of us know what green is. We're not blind people. Well, people born, no. But not that's most true. People, most people, you're right to say. Most sighted people, you mean. But blind people can't listen to podcasts. <laughs> Wait, have I? Uh, okay. I'm going to have to go back over my notes there. <laughs> the, no, I can only make fun of deaf people. The, we, but I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't. No. Not again. Not after last time. The, but colours, they can be split up into these tiny groups. Mm. And some people could probably tell you what which one was rich praline and which one was rum caramel. Yes, I suppose so. But we all know the difference between red and yellow. Yes. Or blue and green. Yes. But that's not always been the case. What? Yeah. When humans first came on the, on the scene, we mm. had all the receptors in our head for spectrum, mm. but we only really had names for black and white. How do we know this? What are you basing this on? Uh, various cultures. There are still cultures that only have words for black and white. They don't have words for colours. If you ask them what yellow is, they will give you the same word for white. Oh. So culturally, people have black suppose, and white. I suppose you could say yellow is an off-white. It's a, it's, a, it's a sort of a bright, warm colour. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, I can see what you're saying. Then. And so they have, they have the colours white, yellow and red all in the same group. And green, blue, and black all in the same Goodness group. Me. Now, have a think about what the first colour to separate itself from whites and blacks would be. Red. Red. The colour of blood. An important colour to recognise. Fire, blood, sunsets. Mm. So, in almost all cases... Gaboon's bottoms? Yes. Mm, very important. Yeah, especially if you're a hominid f***ing baboons. What? 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 Okay, so... <laughs> Um, in most cases, mm. languages will first have a name for red, and then uh-huh. yeah, okay. I've heard, and middle, I think it was from QI. So the Greeks called the sky sky bronze. Yes, indeed, because they didn't have a word for blue, which is weird. Because bronze to me is a very, I'd say maybe the the sunset was bronze. But the actual normal everyday sky, 12 o'clock noon sky, with blue is very different. A bronze is almost a red to me, a reddy brown to me. Very, very different to a blue, I'm trying to say here. It's, yeah. It's very odd to me that, that I can't seem to fit that in my head. And the idea of the wine-dark sea. Wines, wine, like, wines are red. You have red wines. You don't have green wines, do you? No, no. but it's deep and it's... But the, but the sea it is absorbs normally a blue a... or a green normally. Well, a it's, gray. It, it's a very dark colour. Yeah, and but, it's 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 dark and it's but still not red. It has no red tinge to it. True, but maybe maybe the the notion of a dark fluid mm. was more a whiny concept to them. Yes, than yes. Thing. Yeah, maybe. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so the next colours to come out after red are a sort of a green uh, a green the opposite of red or yellow. Oh, okay. Well, lots of trees and things, I suppose. So green yeah. or yellow. Green but, or yellow. Okay. And then the other one, the alternate one. Yes. Okay. Now. From green, it's not just green, it's green-blue. So you mm. see something blue, you call it green. Yeah. You see something green, you call it green. And then after that, blue comes out of that. Oh, okay. This now, happens all the time? Most cultures follow this path? Most cultures follow this path. That's there, really interesting. There are, there are diver- occasional diversions, yeah. but there's, there's still places in Papua New Guinea that have black and white and red, and that's wow. it. Oh. There are places in, I think it's South America, where they have black and white and they have no colours but they will say that red is 
blood-like. Right, okay. So they know, they can, they're recognising the colours, they just yeah. don't have a word for they it. They don't need a word for it, I suppose. Now, Japan, up until just recently, didn't have a colour for... Green. A name for A green. name for green, sorry. What were the trees in the grass? Blue. Or oo. Really? O-U. Oo. And... There was a subset colour. I'm shocked by this. There is a subset colour within blue that they called Midori, which was kind of a greeny blue. Right. But but, but it wasn't a separate colour. Yeah. The big change in Japan Mm. was when they introduced Crayola. Crayola crayons. Crayons. The children's crayons for drawing. And each one of those crayons was labelled. Right. And they had to go, well, this is not obviously not blue. This like the, this is the blue one, so mm. this one is the Midori one. I see. Children suddenly started growing up naming the green oh, colour, but right. you'll you'll see remnants over there because green lights mm. are referred to as blue lights. So they have, they they go red, amber, and blue. No, they're they're still bright green. They're the exact same colour that we look at. We just call they call them blue. Lights. They call them blue lights, even though they're green, uh. and they still call green <laughs> green. Weird. So the, so the Japanese people never had a reason to separate blue out from green. Yeah, and pink. We've already discussed that in the mm, past, yes, that they only pink. recently got pinku. Mm, pinku, yes. Obviously, uh, so they've just, they've just added ooh to the end of pink. That's really fascinating. That's very, very interesting indeed. But the colours... See, wavelengths do have different colours, and your eyes, depending on the cones in your eyes, is how you get certain colours, and, and, and the mixtures in your eyes is how it works. But I'm assuming the Japanese people are so physiologically different to us that I'm taking there, of course, as Dan and I as Caucasians. I assume that they still can see the same way we see. They can, so but you have to train yourself to recognise certain colours in the same mm. way that certain people who work in the design industry can tell mm. the difference between teal and cyan. Right. Like, they, they split the world up into more colours. Yeah, and women can supposedly do it better than men. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether that's true or whether it's a, a wives' tale. Is that a cultural, but, um, a cultural thing? No, there was, might... a, there was actually a test. There was an interesting test done with sitting men and women down and asking them to talk about colours. And, and, and women have used a lot of... Well, we might, men might say red, blue, green. Oh, oh. Women, women break it down into magma or or um you know uh, or or fire or, or whatever it has These to be. Are very masculine names. Magma, here. fire, love. There you go. Love red. Well, here, there's a bit more about it because when you are a baby, mm. you recognise colour with the creative part of your brain mm. like, and the creative and pattern recognition part of your brain. So it's looking right. at red and it can see the difference between red and blue and it kind of has a concept. It's got the concept of colour. Yes. But then when it develops language, most kids have an enormous amount of trouble putting names on colours. But after they've done so, a larger part of the processing of colour recognition is done by the speech part of your brain because it's got the label for that colour. Actual word itself. Yeah. Oh, so they ran, some, okay. they ran experiments and people were able, were a fraction of a second faster to recognise colours that they'd been taught mm. that part of their brain as right. opposed to the other, by you know, covering up eyes and stuff. Okay. Which is amazing because it's, it's, it's actually got a pass processing power from one part of mm. the brain to the other if you look at it on the wrong side of you. Yeah. So colour mm. is, a, is a cultural construct. and Yes, but this is the exciting thing, is that it's, all, it's almost always the same thing. You, they, they got a computer to break up parts of colour in mm. a particular way that seemed to make sense. And all cultures seem to recognise what red is and go, well, that's the centre of red and this is this is the edge of red. Yes. It's a bit of an orangey red or it's a bit of a blue red, but that's red. Mm. And cultures, that line between red and purple mm. is very similar everywhere. It's not uh, like there's a colour between red and purple that they identify as going, well, that's red purple. And then yes. the, everyone... So we've, never, we've, never met, so we've never met anyone that, that seems to talk about a colour we don't, we don't seem to understand or see... Like, as in, you go, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's Yurgle. There, that's there's Yurgle. occasional times where it sort of shifts along the lines, mm. but the big colours that everyone recognises, yeah. like, they they tend to overlap a lot. That's interesting. So all, what you're trying to say, humans are humans, then, all around the world. Humans are humans, and, they rec- and, and there's something intrinsic about the way that we see colour mm. that makes us want to break them up into different groups yeah. in a very particular way. I see, but not necessarily... 
you're going to because you might live in a culture that doesn't do it. Yeah. So there are some that are impoverished color-wise or color-label-wise anyway, yep. and some who are not. Yeah. But we don't think there's going to be a, a super great race of people who are going to turn up one day out of the bush and go, oh, my God, you only talk about the seven colors. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Well, actually. it's interesting you should say that Ooh. because there is a culture where they have two different types of yellow Oh. And while we would look at them and both go, oh, yeah, so those are both yellow, but one's sort of a warmy yellow, yeah. one's a, yeah, a light cool yellow. yellow. Yeah. If you were presented with one of those colours by itself, you may not be able to pick, figure out exactly which one it was without being, having the other one to compare it. Mm. Whereas this culture, because they know, because they've grown up recognising a cool yellow as different to a warm yellow, would just mm. go, that's cool yellow. Right, with their name for cool yellow. Oh, yep. That's very cool. Okay. Where are those people from? I think it's an Asian country. Okay. Now, I've got links to this information, and it is such a good read. I really encourage everyone to go have a look. Because, I mean, it, I can tell you about colour stuff, mm. but if you actually go and look, it's amazing. It's really, really fun. I'm actually fascinated. You're talking going back to the colour blindness thing, because as I said many times, I'm colour blind. And I'm trying to work out if my eyes are fixing themselves as I get older, or... I'm just tricking myself. I don't actually know because, ah. uh, because I've started noticing. So um, all my life, I'm I'm now well into my 30s, and I, I said before, rainbows are just a, a stripe of yellow and a stripe of blue. Mm -hmm. That's all I get: stripe of yellow, big stripe of yellow, and a little stripe of blue, but half the size, and that's it. I'm starting to see red in, in the top of the. So I, I now have the small band of blue down the bottom, a big band of yellow, and then this tiny uh, ghost of red. And, and I mean, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I've noticed a couple of times, like I noticed it once, and what the heck, my rainbow's changed. And then I've watched a few times. It doesn't happen all the time. It has to be a really vivid rainbow. But I, I went, I've never seen it in 38 years. And yeah. now I'm picking up, I, and I went, but maybe I'm just seeing it because well, I want to see it. No, no, maybe, well, the thing is, maybe you're actually, because you've been training yourself for years to d differentiate blue and green mm. and doing so with like video games mm. and... Uh, and, and certain things that maybe are colour related, maybe you're training your brain to pick up that very different gradient and it's trying to give you a, a, a slightly different maybe, signal. Maybe, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'd actually need to go look into it. I need to find a, an eye doctor, I suppose. Because it is ophthalmologist? theoretically reversible, isn't it? It They've is. They've put yes. red cones into dogs or no, something. No, no, apes. Uh, they actually take certain apes can't see red. And they haven't got the receptors we have. And they've genetically engineered them. They've injected them. And they've actually proven. They put a dot on a screen yeah. that was red. And, the, and they can actually touch the dot. So they know there's a dot there moving around where they couldn't see it before. And it only takes a couple of weeks. Mm. It's, kind of like, it's sort of like 20 days or 25 days. And these apes can now see red. Yeah. And I'm like, get that into me. But, of course, you start. You don't know what you're messing with. Yeah. You, you, you might get someone with cancer or they might die or something. So we just don't know yet. So yeah. it's still going to be like 20 years away before they decide to inject humans with some sort of retro virus that can give us color vision hurry up <laughs> i really just want to go and, and also the other point that was we talked about this in the podcast uh you also inject someone to give them the a fourth receptor a, a yellow receptor in their eye so you can actually become a super, super tetrachromatic color, tetrachromatic thank you so everyone can become a tetra tetrachromat with the same technology so it's not just helping impoverished vision people like me you can all become supermen of course what will happen is i'll suddenly become uh let's see all three colors you're three all working and you buy Bastards will become tetrachromats. I'll be back in the same place. Or you'll see us and just go, oh my God, that's the shade of your face. And that's I'm uh, only going to date goths. I, I wonder, well, I, I did go through a goth phase. So I always wondered if that was the reason. I wonder though, if I did get it in, my brain has had, to, well, at that point in time, probably close to 50 years of living in a certain way, and suddenly the world would go mad. To me, my brain would just go, what the hell is going with that? These colours don't work. It'd be like it'd be like someone vomited on the palate of the world. I'm pretty certain. Really like freaking. suddenly being given telepathy, yeah. Yeah. rather than being born with it. And then, and so, oh, that'd be awful. Brendan, nice ass, nice ass, nice ass. Yeah, I hate it when I hear people thinking that about me. Not all the time. I'm not an object, Dan. I'm not an object. Stop it, Dan. Stop thinking that. Ah, Greg is an object. I wonder if I'd get that through customs. <laughs> explain to me the difference because I, I hear this a lot about just things just being theories but could you explain to me the difference between a hypothesis and a theory in science sure i think we can do that 
what's the first thing we've got to go into is in when it's used in science is not how we use it in everyday language. Yeah. So people in everyday language use theory to mean something which hasn't been proven that might not be correct. Yeah. So uh, I've got a theory about this dead yeah. body. Or, 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 or no, it might also be uh, I, I saw Jenny and Jack together uh, in at the party. I think I think they're dating. It's just a theory. Just a theory. And there's no evidence. I'm just making shit up. Yeah. Uh, you know that's 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 a theory. Uh, in that case, that's non-scientifically. But we'll go back to science. So we're talking scientifically. Yeah. If you're wondering what the difference is, hypothesis. A hypothesis is is a statement based on no fact, an idea that should be investigated. So okay. you, you might say, in that case, Jack and Jill were at the party together. My hypothesis is that they are secretly dating. That's my hypothesis. It's not based on any fact. You then have to go and do the experiment. You have to set some, you have to set some cameras up yes, at, right. at the hill. Yes, at the hill. <laughs> right. And see if they go see fetch their they... pail of water yeah, yeah. together or not. And they're breaking crowns and they're having a grand old time. I'd, I'd snap that crown in half. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? And now this, we get to the next words. We have a hypothesis, we, something we're going to say that is tr- that might be true based on no evidence, but something we're going to test. Okay. Then we have the theory. And the theory is something uh, which has been tested and there's a body of evidence which pretty much says that the hypothesis was right. So if you have the theory that Jack and Jill are dating, you've got camera evidence of them. They're, you know, we've seen them together. They're holding hands. They're kissing. That's a theory. A theory is normally backed up with evidence. Okay. A law. So you have the you have oh yes theory of gravity, and then you have the, the law of gravitation. A law is is a, a body of of theorems all together and all into under one group kind of thing. So okay. It, so it's it's kind of like everything grouped together under one blanket. So we call it the law of gravitation and, and everything, the theories sort of fit underneath that nice umbrella, I suppose. Oh, I see. But the theory of gravitation is not that, oh, it's just a theory. Mm. No, no, no. The moment we discover that something doesn't fit that, it breaks down. Yeah. It's no longer a theory. And the same with theory. anything in a law as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, in a yeah. law as well, yeah. So people are going to go, oh, it's not, until it's a law, it's not, it hasn't been proven. Yeah. Uh, well, but that's not how it works. It's not, well, a, a, a theory doesn't. Oh, not Kepler, what's his name? A, um, you can't actually prove anything to 100%. Yeah. Science doesn't work that way. So what we can say is sigma. We keep talking about sigma. Yeah. 9.9, We can only say to all evidence so far that we have collected to, mm-hmm. to have backed up our hypothesis. Therefore, the theory is correct, as correct as it can be. The moment we discover something wrong, we throw the theory out the window. Yeah. We don't hang on to it going, it still should fit. Oh, right. You see, that's what I thought that a scientific theory was too. Oh, yes. But we're wrong. Are we? Yeah. Yeah. Turns out, turns out a scientific theory is an inferred explanation of incompletely understood phenomena about the physical universe based on limited knowledge whose components are data, Mm -hmm. logic, and faith-based philosophy. And a hypothesis is a scientific theory reflecting a minority of scientific opinion which may lack acceptance because it is a new idea, contains faulty logic, lacks supporting data, has significant amounts of conflicting data... Or is philosophically unpopular? I see. Yeah. Uh, where'd that come from? That's a bill being presented by uh, Bill Bratton in the Missouri House of Representatives. Oh, my God. These people. And, but you know the weird thing? Yeah. The weird thing about the, the way the, these are defined? Yeah. That would mean that um, intelligent design could be taught in a science As classroom. A yes, yes. As a hypothesis. And uh, I like the idea he's made it sound like the plucky underdog. Oh, it's the plucky underdog yeah. rising up against the challenger of evolution or ch- challenging evolution. Why won't these people just die? I'm sorry. They, they will, but then they'll ascend to heaven. I, <laughs> I am so sick of this. And, and if it comes to Australia, I will be... I, will, I don't know what I'll do. I, I'm not gonna, what, what I'll do, I won't say on a podcast that'll be used against me okay, in a court of law. Fair enough. Because I'll be very angry indeed. So uh, thank you to Alan Lawrence for pointing that out to me. <gasps> uh, he says it makes me proud to live in this state. Uh, but he's re- <laughs> redefined the word proud to mean disgusted, verging on nauseous. <laughs> Twelve bucks. Twelve bucks. Twelve bucks. Exactly right. Yeah. So, because what? Because you buy one one glass of beer and then half a glass of beer and then you put half of that into a, a bottle and then half of that and then half of that and half of that and half of that. It's yep. like Zeno's beer. Ah, it's actually called Thompson's Lamp. But yes, it's similar to Zeno's beer, if you want to call it that. Yep. What's interesting is you're technically You never wrong. get to the Sorry, end. You're, you're actually wrong, but... Um, well, it would... You're, it, very, you're very confident, but you're wrong. Well, it would... It would it, no, no, no. The, the, well, the maximum would be 
an infinitely small or approaching twelve dollars. Uh, but approaching twelve dollars. Uh, but the thing is, we are getting down to fractions of a cent, computers and you handle, round computers up. Computers can no, they don't. Computers can handle fractions of a cent. No, 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 my, no, my no, company, no. My credit card no. company puts puts one cent yeah, on my card. No, in Australia doesn't have one cent anymore. But mm. computers are limited by the amount of memory that go into them. So no computer, only a theoretical computer could. Actually, you mean you mean a theoretical computer in a bar that can hold an infinite number of mathematicians? Let, is that what you're saying? Is wait, that, wait, is wait. that your argument that oh, Greg, your theoretical computer is madness? Seriously, but here are my infinite number of mathematicians. No, no, no. But what you're what you're dealing with here is a bartender <laughs> yes. who is so desperate to get an infinitely small fraction of a cent mm-hmm. that he's going to go to all that difficulty he's to organise a bank transfer. Mm-hmm. Come on. Are these, is this infinite amount of scientists not just going to go, mathematicians. Keep the keep the change. They don't. No, mathematicians are cheap. They're very cheap people. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the mathematicians. They, well, they've got, to, they've got to leave that fraction of a cent for the rest of the infinite amount of people. That's going to take a while to serve. I'm not, look, I'm not denying that fact. That's, a, that, that's okay. But it, technically it's not 12. It's approaching $12. But isn't... No, no, no. But hang on. Isn't, isn't 9.9 recurring equal to 10? You can argue that, yes. Yes, that's what I'm doing. I'm arguing that. But you're so you're wrong because it's twelve. <sighs> okay, it's one. <laughs> okay, what is it? Twelve. So it's eleven point nine <laughs> recurring dollars, and with some number at the end, yes, because it wouldn't always be eleven point. It's approaching on the mathematical. It, eleven on, point. No, it's eleven point nine. It could be eleven point nine 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 two. And then it keeps changing even further down. It's not always going to be. It's approaching. If you did, if you actually looked at the curve, it's not necessarily going to be eleven point nine 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 nine. Look, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Twelve is twelve is basically if you the limit is twelve dollars, but yeah, that's right. The limit is twelve, but the, it will never reach twelve. So he could, the maximum he can make is approaching twelve dollars. What about with tips? Uh, well, math, I said very well known of being very 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 cheap people. All right. So I hope the I, audience... I feel hard done by. You got it right. It's fine. It's based on Thompson's lamp. So, and you worked out well done, Dan. Give him a round of applause. Hooray! Okay, when it comes to science, I think everyone knows what your favourite part of science is. Space. Space. Woo-hoo! So Going with there and bringing things back. So with that in mind, mm-hmm. I have found a song for you, <gasps> written by dinosaurs. What? No, that's not right. Can't do that. <laughs> But I found a song that was written and recorded in space. <gasps> On solid fuel wires, turn the key and light the fire. We're leaving Earth today. This rocket's burning bright We'll soon be out of sight And orbiting in space Push back in my seat Look out my window There goes home That ball of shiny blue Houses everybody, anybody ever knew. So sing your song. I'm listening. Out where stars are listening, I can hear your voices bouncing off the moon. If you could see our nation from the international space station, you know why I want. Get back soon. 18,000 miles an hour, fueled by science and solar power. The ocean's racing past. At half a thousand tons, 90 minutes moon to sun. A bullet can't go half this fast. Floating from my seat Look out my window 
ISS is somebody singing by Chris Commander. Chris Commander, thank you. Hatfield. Thank, I was going to hang up. Yeah. Commander Chris Hadfield. Commander Chris Hadfield and Lord Ed Robinson of the Bare Naked uh, and the Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> you can actually follow uh, Commander Hadfield on Twitter, oh, and he geez. tweets a lot. That he, is going to be. He's going to be more famous than um than famous. one one small step guy. <laughs> I hate you so much. Neil Armstrong. I, I, I can only think of Buzz Aldrin going, you know, punchy guy. <laughs> punchy, punchy, Pun, punchy in one was... small step. <laughs> and <laughs> Commander Chris Hadfield. <laughs> God, it's not enough. So what was the third guy then? <laughs> what was the third guy who went to the moon? One who didn't actually touch down. Um, uh, no namey Mick, no name star. Michael Collins, come on. There's three people. Oh, goodness me. But anyway, Commander gracious. Hadfield Commander Hadfield is on Twitter and he takes photos of, of the world. And what I was really excited... No, he does. He doesn't just take photos. He makes brilliant viral jokes on Twitter that go mm. nuts everywhere. He does. And now, on top of being a f***ing astronaut, he's also singing with the bare naked ladies. That's right. Like my favourite band ever. I really like that song. Thank you for sharing. I'd never heard it before. Thank you for sharing it with me. It's it, lovely. It starts out a little bit trite. Well, and, and, I, and the acting. Like, there's one thing that I can do better than Commander Hatfield uh, yeah. is he does his weird little. He sings about how lovely the Earth is, but then he has like these these whimsical looks out stop, the cabin window stop to look at. Stop on this man. He's a friggin' treasure. Uh, stop yeah, having he, a go at yeah, him. He's so great. Everyone oh, wants to marry Chris Hadfield. He's, look, he's an astronaut. Uh, he's not young, so that makes me happy as well. Uh, <laughs> he's he's done well, and he's not a douchebag, which I really appreciate. No, he's, he's brilliant, yeah. and no one could hate him, and no. that's why. Oh, for goodness sake. That's with, why I'm massively jealous. I was very impressed with him recently when the, the new floods. I mean, people might have, people, listeners who are international, 
Uh, we had floods in 2010, very, very bad floods. 2011. Brisbane, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, what year is it? We had very bad floods in 2011, very, very bad floods. And we thought, oh, thank goodness that that 30-year flood's out of the way. Well, of 100 course, year. It was a 100-year uh, flood. Uh, was it the 100-year flood? 2011 was a 100-year oh, okay, flood. And what they mean is we have one chance in 100 of it happening. And guess what? It happened again. Not quite as bad, but it did happen again this year. And and Bundaberg was flooded, which is, which is sort of north of Brisbane. And Brisbane got a little bit flooded and, and gimpy. And lots of places got hammered again by by high, high flood waters because we're you know we, we live in a country of droughts and flooding rains. Yeah. Well, hope, uh, hope, but, uh, hopefully the climate isn't changing. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, uh, the point of this is uh, Commander Hadfield took beautiful photos of Rockhampton, which was flooded, Bundaberg, which was flooded, and I think also Gympie. I remember seeing three, and I oh, retweeted really? them. Yes, the and police actually... actually requested no tourists coming and taking photos <laughs> of the floods. They couldn't stop him, man. He was traveling twice as fast as a bullet. They couldn't get him. They couldn't even shoot him down. Uh, yeah. But that that song, it starts out feeling a bit trite. Mm. And then every time I watch it, I get all choked up by the end of it. I'm like, oh, damn it. And it's it's very cool. I'm also very impressed. Any any people uh, who try and put really long, complicated words into songs, say International Space Station, well done. Also Toto by they, Africa. Well, they managed Kilimanjaro, you know, yeah. the, the mountains of Olympus. Also the Venga Boys, uh, the uh, Mediterranean Sea, they, you know, they, they, Mediterranean Sun, I think it is. So they, yeah. anyone who can put Mediterranean into it and also they put another, but I, I'm always impressed with bands with mm. long, and complicated words into their songs. Yeah. And in this case, they managed to wrap it up in a bit of jingoism, talking about how great Canada is and how they're going to get back there soon. Really? Well, they're talking about on, the, on that, if you look back on this nation, mm-hmm. and they're both Canadian. Oh! Bare Naked Ladies and Chris Hadfield, both Canadian. Canadians. Oh, there you go. Oh, I don't like them as much anymore. Yeah. I didn't know Commander Hadfield was Canadian. Yeah. He's, oh. Now you're coming over to oh. my side, aren't you? Oh. Now, it, now it explains why he's oh. so fucking nice. That's, yes, it does. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. <laughs> and Greg at smartenough.org. If you would like to get into the forums and jump on board the Chris Hadfield bashing. Commander Chris, I'll hate him, but I'll hate him with respect. Come on, okay. If you hate Commander Chris Hadfield as much as we do, then you can go to smartenough.org and click don't on the worry, word. He won't fight back. He's Canadian. On the word forums. It's like punching a gummy bear. If you'd like to get on Twitter and follow us, we are SE2KB. Want to get onto Facebook and follow us, SE2KB. If you would like to make us the happiest people in the world, get onto iTunes and give us a star rating. And give us a don't give us a three star rating. Give us a five star rating. <laughs> A three-star rating would kill me. Oh, a five-star rating God. would make me very happy. And you can put a little comment there to go, oh, I love these guys. These guys are better than life itself. Oh, and I like Dan slightly better than Greg. So put that in there. They, can't, they don't know who we are. They, they think we're the same person, just doing slightly different voices. Just, just assume that the, the one that you like at any one time is me. Oh. <laughs> the one doing, saying the clever and useful stuff that you appreciate, that's me. And then all the other stuff, the all, angry, the, all, the angry, all the stupid, angry branching. stuff that you get angry at. Oh, that's me, Greg. There, I'm, I'm Greg, and I do that. And I, you should hate me slightly more than that, Dan. Do you want me to just leave the room, and you can just do the whole podcast by yourself? I probably shouldn't answer that. Nice. Uh, how long have you been doing this for? Two and a half years too long. (laughs) Yeah. They're focusing on the cute girls up the front a lot more than the nerdy blokes up the back, aren't they? Like Korea mail to come and talk. Now she's kind of just like I wouldn't dare (laughs) to appear in the Korea mail, thank you much. I had to lower my standards just to go into the Brisbane Times, quite frankly. Oops. Oops, it's all recorded. There's no way of getting rid of it now. Um, there's, there's only two. There's only Fairfax and News Limited. That's what you've got in Australia. So, Pick one or the other. Australia. That's small kittens. Uh, I see. Uh, I'm going to Reuters. <laughs> or maybe the Cockingham Times. Ah. Uh. Dr. Oricano, what can you tell us about whale ears? They don't have any. Thanks for your time. Na 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 na. That sound makes it a real joke.